Let's lift up one more shout of praise to him. One more shout of praise. How's those headaches? Any relief? In the name of Jesus? Anxiety relieved? Yay, nay. Come on. Yes? There we go. All right. Can you hear me okay? Am I getting too much feedback or am I right? Maybe. Let me do something real quick. Listen, we uh, aren't going to ever have uh, dedication to perfect sound. So if for some reason we're blowing you out of the water, you can't hear, just shout. Sound good? We're going to focus on other things and make it simple enough. Sound good? So if you can't hear me, let me know. Um, all right. Could we shut uh, that door back there, maybe the door to the kids' room? Um, just want to zero in. Might be bringing some people up here um, to share a little bit, but it's funny how the Lord works. Zach, when you were praying, just came out of you, but you said, uh, I remember exactly how you phrased it, but um, you said, growing us, and the word house churches came out of your mouth. And it's funny because the Lord's been stirring some things that we're going to talk about today, but um, it's along those lines. But there's, a, there's an urgency, and I feel like the Lord has, has some things that uh, we've had some of these moments where it's like we've hit... There's been certain times you can probably look back on and go, man, that, that, what happened in that room on that day kind of catapulted us to a, a new thing and the next thing. Um, and I honestly feel like today may be one of those days, not because of the, the glitz and the glam of the manifestations and the different things, but because I think the Lord is going to, um, he's going to knit us together in a way today that is going to be super Holy Spirit powerful so that we can charge forward with all the things we've been seeing. Does that make sense? Um, let's pray. Lord, we, we love you, Lord. Would you just join with me in praying that uh, the fear of the Lord would fill this place, that the Lord would just come through and convict stir. Father, our heart's cry is to know you. 
There is no greater purpose in what we are doing than to know you, Lord, and to exalt you. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, I have these, Trev. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Um, if you've got your Bibles, open to Acts chapter 2, verse 42. Um, man, the word of the Lord is holy, amen? amen. Um, would you just, as you turn there, would you raise your Bibles with me? Repeat after me, say, Father, Father Son, Son, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. We, thank you we thank you for your holy, holy. written word, written and, we and we commit to obey the words we're about to read. In the name of your Son. Amen. Okay, so, I'm just like, oh man, I've been wrestling. Like, I go through this, like, when the Lord kind of gives a download, I go through, like, this week. I was texting Cindy. I'm like, I go through this week of, like, my wife, she can probably laugh at me because I, we always joke that I'm like the, this is probably not a, <laughs> I shouldn't say that, huh? <laughs> Well, I'll say it. I'll say it anyways. You know, like the the like like you know, like the Unabombers have like their like maps and there's like all the things everywhere and they're like crazy and they have all the the stuff going. I feel like that's like me when the Lord begins to give me a download. I'm like, it's I'm all over the place and the Lord's got all these things and I feel like there's something He's wanting to like refine and do. But I'll like come in and I don't have hair to look crazy, but I'll come in. And I'm like, hey, I think I I think I got something. <laughs> and she's like, all right, we'll see. And uh, but I, I feel like um, oh, the Lord's just been, I've been wrestling with in prayer on like, God, you got you to gotta deliver it. But um, I began to ask the Lord, I, I, I was, it was probably Wednesday night, kids were in bed, um, my wife was out and I was just kind of sitting and began to just kind of read a little bit. And then all of a sudden the Lord just started to like, my pen just started flowing. And like two pages later, I felt like there was just this clear revelation of, of something the Lord's wanting to communicate to us. And I began to ask the Lord, like, would you agree, for those of you that have been around, I mean, if, if you haven't been here, honestly, like, we're not proclaiming, we proclaim ourselves as a church in the sense, in the biblical sense, and that we're a gathering of believers who've just come strictly to gather under his name. Um, I am not trying to steal you away from, quote-unquote, another church. I honestly believe we don't, we don't elevate Jesus as the church like the early church did. We're very separate. We've, we have separated ourselves and we've said you have to commit to certain banners. Honestly, as long as you are in community with people who are driving you forward, I don't really care where you go Sunday morning, Wednesday night, Friday evening. I don't really care because at the end of the day, our banner, uh-oh, good? Our banner is Jesus. And when you look in the book of Acts, their banner was Jesus. And the universal mission was Jesus, period. And so we're not coming in here to just try to do a new church thing. Like, honestly, that makes everything in me. I just fight against it in every way. And, but the Lord's begun to do a work as he spoke. I won't go through the whole story again, but when he spoke something over this place, 
told us to come here for whatever reason. He said to start a fire. Um, I feel like we've seen a fire. <laughs> I really do. I feel like the Lord has been doing something that is not normal, <laughs> if I'm being honest. Like, you don't see it every day, and it's not because of any one thing that we did. Uh, it's because of him, and we're just yielding to it. And I feel like the Lord has begun to do that. And so I began to ask the Lord, like, over the last handful of months as we've seen this, I'm like, Lord, how do we actually sustain a fire? <laughs> And I want to just, like, I may at times just kind of pause and let you kind of sit on it for a second, because I feel like there's some things the Lord wants to hammer home. But how do we not just be a flash in the pan, right? Where we see an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, and we see crazy things happen, holy things happen, lives changed in the moment, but then you get this, this spark and this flash in the pan, but then it just falls off, and the next thing you know, both personally and corporately, it's almost as if it never happened, right? Um, and when you look at all the great revivals throughout history, um, you know, a, revi a revival really isn't something that can be labeled a revival in the moment. You see the fruits of it years down the road. And the, and the revivals of old, the ones that have really been marked and stayed are the ones where the fruits of repentance actually stayed years down the road. And you saw the fruit of it, and it changed cultures, it changed societies, and it was moved on down the road, not just in a moment. And... So I began to ask the Lord, like, how do we actually sustain a fire? How can we avoid it just being this thing that comes and goes? What happens after deliverance, <laughs> right? Like, how many times have we seen people get delivered of actual demons in here? And how do we not just make it something where it's like, man, they're delivered, they're freed, but then Scripture actually says, like, that's when the war actually starts because it says that they go and the enemy's going to come back and he knows that that house is emptied, but it needs to be filled with something. And scripture actually says they come back tenfold to try and rob what was taken away, right? And, and that's actually the moment in which the war begins. So how do we not just have this like flash of emotion where it's awesome that, and I'm not, hear me out, I'm actually going to proclaim all these things need to be true. But it's not just a, an emotional manifestation that then leaves, Right? and we don't see it again, how do we actually sustain? What happens after deliverance, right? What happens after we encounter the Holy Spirit? How do we keep the fire burning? Would you not agree that this is something that if we're going to do anything in here, Lord, may it not be just something that comes today and goes tomorrow, right? Would this be something that can burn on all of our hearts? Um, so, so my claim, I guess, is that, you know, revival... I kind of put my own definition on revival because revival in scripture, it's not like a word that's used in scripture, but you see the actual principles of it and then we've just put the label of revival on what we've seen, okay? But revival really is when you get like a drastic outpouring of the manifest presence of God and it's responded to on a wide scale. I might, I might read this a couple times, but revival is when a drastic outpouring of the manifest presence of God, so not just a casual like, oh, the Lord's around us. No, like you see it manifesting the Lord is bringing his presence down in very tangible ways. And it's responded to on a wide scale with three things. Devotion to Jesus, his people, and his mission. Devotion to Jesus, his people, and his mission. True fire actually breeds a manifestation of devotion. Okay? We're going to see this in scripture. True fire breeds a manifestation of, demotion, of devotion. If there is no devotion, then it either lacks true fire or it lacked true repentance. If there is no devotion, it either lacked true fire or true repentance. 
A fire void of devotion to the person of Jesus, his people, and his mission is not actually a fire at all. I'm going to say that again, okay? A fire devoid, sorry, a fire void of devotion to the person of Jesus, his people, and his mission is no fire at all. And what I do not want is a fire that breeds devotion to a brand name. That's not fire. You can see fruits of fire in, in individuals, but any fire that breeds devotion to anything other than the name of Jesus is not actually fire. And if we have superseded the fire of a, or the, the brand name above Jesus himself, i.e. Our, our church name or whatever it is, that is not actually true fire. And I would actually say it lacks devotion to Jesus. Amen? You know, again, I want to answer this question, like, why do we get this, like, church camp experience, right? We've all, many of us have been to church camp where it's like you're on this high and then you low. This is what I want to answer today is why. And my answer to you is, like, if you felt this high and then this drop, my challenge to you would be you might actually have lacked devotion to the person of Jesus. You may have actually received a physical feeling or manifestation, but in that moment you didn't actually devote to Jesus himself. Does that make sense? So if we devote, if our devotion is to our church, then we'll make it about our church. I'm going to say it again. If our devotion is to our church, then we will make it about our church. I will find myself getting more excited about people coming into the church and my church, not, not the church, broad scale, but I will find myself getting more excited about people coming into my church and pledging their allegiance to my church and devoting themselves to my church's things than I actually find my excitement for them devoting to Jesus. If we want devotion to Jesus, actually, I'm going to back up. I got another one. Sorry, guys. If we want devotion to manifestations, then we will make it about manifestations. Hear me out. I'm not saying manifestations are bad. I actually hope and pray, and I have prayed timelessly in here, we need to see the manifest presence of the Lord in every way. But if I am devoting myself to simply wanting to see manifestations, that is not devoting to Jesus. Jesus manifests, but that is not devotion to Jesus. Because I guarantee you, those people who chase manifestations, the moment the manifestations aren't there, their devotion plummets. Because they're not actually devoted to Jesus. They are devoted to the things that give them the rise that feel, it's actually a substitute and pride for something else, okay? That's a whole other topic. But if we want devotion to Jesus, then we will make it about Jesus. And I will tell you in this place, we want devotion to the person of Jesus. You will hear time and time again from anybody who's up here, from whatever we're doing, from whatever is being read out, our consuming passion will be to the person of Jesus. And that is why we will not promote a brand. Amen? I'll leave that there. Two things can be true at once. We can have a sparking fire and we can have a sustaining fire. They are not mutually exclusive. Okay? So before we dive into the scripture, I'm going to tell you a little bit about our journey as I was processing this. So many of you know and many of you have been involved. We had uh, a group of uh, people who were involved in house church prior to us, the Lord sending us here. We had house church for about four years. Um, and the Lord began to speak to me about it that, because I, I wrestle a lot with like, how do we, you know, many of you in here know, like this, this stretches me, <laughs> I'm being honest. And I don't ever want to lose what I believe is biblical community, which is, many times modeled and things like it. It's not about a model, but you see this, a lot of these principles played out in a house church type setting. 
And I don't ever want to lose that. And so the Lord bringing us here was a stretch, but he began to actually speak to me, and he said, he was like, son, listen, that four years was preparation because you weren't ready to be entrusted with a fire. (laughs) And I believe, like, even for us house church people, I actually believe that, like, we had sparks of fire, we saw different things, but we actually had devotion to good community, but we actually didn't have that sparking fire, which I'm going to argue is a critical part of it. And I believe the Lord wants to just blow on all of those things, that when he sparks a fire, it manifests itself in community. And I actually felt the Lord say, you weren't actually ready to be entrusted with a fire. And so now, I'm going to get to this later, but now I feel like, for those of us in here who were in house church, I feel like if you are sitting and waiting for Nick and Kayla to get back to their house church on Sunday morning, I feel like we're actually missing it. Because we were not, and sorry, for those of you that weren't in house church, you're probably like, all right, whatever. I don't know what this guy's talking about. But I'm going to speak to him because I think it's actually really important. I think the Lord brought us here because he knew that if a fire starts and and burns and is consuming, it has to be coupled with devotion to community and devotion to the people of Jesus and devotion to what actual life on life looks like. And we've seen it. We've tasted it. And so for us to come into a place where the Lord is doing and and pouring out fire and bringing people who are hungry, who are getting saved, who are new believers, who are infant believers, they're now looking for something. And we are set up to actually fill that what the Lord is asking us to do. But it can't just come through us sitting back and going, well, I'm going to wait for Nick and Kayla to go back to doing house church again. Like, I'm going to give a loving, a loving, yeah, uh, we, we've had four years of pouring out in my house. And I'll be honest with you, there's a part of me that says, you know what, guys, like, the Lord is saying, it's Nick and Kayla, it's time for you to pour into some new people. And I'm bringing some new people. That doesn't mean that we don't actually have, you know, community anymore. That's not what I'm saying. But there's a part of me that says, all right, listen, guys, <laughs> you've seen it, you've tasted it, it's time to go do it because he's bringing people who are hungry. And if we just stay in a little, you know, box of our community on Sunday morning and limit it there, we can't actually fulfill the Great Commission. So he's charging us and he's calling us higher to say, go do it. Go do it. These things aren't mutually exclusive, okay? Sorry, I'm... Acts 2. Give you some, some scriptural background, okay? We're in, the, we're in the book of Acts. It's written by Luke. Luke also wrote the Gospel of Luke. I'm really, really wise in here. <laughs> that was a joke, okay? It's cool, it's fine. Uh, but, uh, so just to bring up your speed, so Jesus, death, burial, resurrection, crucified, Holy Spirit gets poured out. You're going to see a cycle in the book of Luke, okay? And that cycle is this, outpouring of the Holy Spirit, some would call it a spark or a fire, a proclamation of Jesus and his story and a call to repentance. And then you're going to see devotion, okay? And the cycle will be repeated, and you'll see that as the cycle goes on throughout the book of Acts, there's another thing that slips in there, right, between proclamation and devotion. You'll see outpouring, or a manifestation, or a sign. You'll see proclamation, and then this little thing called persecution is going to start slipping in there, right? And you're going to notice this cycle ramping more and more, and it gets more intense and more intense. The persecution gets more intense and more intense, which, by the way, Uh, the church blows up with persecution. So sometimes I wonder why we pray against persecution. (laughs) Like, 
We, we always ask for like, Lord, please don't send us anything. Please don't make any governmental changes that are going to, and a part of me is like, you, you do realize that when persecution was its highest is when the church exploded the most, right? And so sometimes I think we should want to get uncomfortable because it actually stretches us and furthers the gospel, amen? So that's the cycle. So in Acts 2, you're actually seeing this cycle for the first time. What happens at the beginning of Acts 2? We've talked about it a million times, right? You see outpouring of the Holy Spirit, right? You see a manifestation of God's presence in the upper room. Then it's followed by a proclamation from Peter to the Jews, okay? And they're proclaiming the gospel to the Jews, sometimes in a very, you know, cutting way. It is what it is, right? And, that, and then they see people get baptized. 3,000 actually get baptized. We talked about this the other day with the baptism teaching. And then it brings us to Acts 2.42. Or sorry, 2, yeah, 42. Let's read it together. It says, and they devoted. Please, say the word devoted. devoted. Devotion means attaching. They devoted. Say devoted. devoted. And they attached. Say attached. They attached themselves to the apostles' teaching, the fellowship, the breaking of bread, and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes... They received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. You know what this is? This is how you sustain a fire. This is how it's not just a flash in the pan. You see outpouring of the Holy Spirit, proclamation of the gospel, thousands being saved. What's one of the biggest problems in house church we couldn't figure out? How do you grow well? <laughs> Could not figure this out well. I'll just be transparent with you. It says they added to their number daily, daily, 3,000 initially, and daily they were added, right? How do you sustain fire? They devoted, they attached themselves to certain things, which were byproducts of attaching themselves to Jesus, okay? You following with me? This is going to be more of a teaching today because I feel like this is so crucial, okay? So I want to kind of go through the list, all right? Which, by the way, devotion is not casual, we are, we are really good in the West about making devotion to Jesus a casual thing. Devotion is not casual. It's costly. It costs you time. It costs you money. <laughs> I'm going to jump to something. Um, you know what their devotion was? Oh, I wrote this down. Oh, man. Do I go here yet? Lord. Let's, uh, I'm going to get there. We'll get there. We're going to hit this family piece, but um, let's, let's do the other ones first, okay? So they devoted themselves to what? The apostles' teaching. This is a couple different things. This is actually the initial apostles, their teaching. They devoted themselves to the gospel, okay? They devoted themselves to the teaching of their leaders around them. And there is a teaching of the word that I think people need to devote themselves to, okay? And that means the word has to actually go forth, right? They devoted themselves to prayer... Prayer is the fuel to fire, period. And prayer, prayer in the early church 
was a few different things. It was intercessory prayer. What happens, you'll see this as you, as you keep reading through Acts. What happened when Peter and all the people that were getting persecuted and they're in jail, what did they do? They prayed. They had a prayer meeting and they prayed. And then when they got out, what did they do? They prayed again. <laughs> and they prayed for boldness. And they didn't pray for less persecution. They prayed for boldness. They prayed for uh, all the things that were going on at the time. They prayed and interceded for. That was one thing, okay? They prayed in the temple. They went to the temple courts, which, by the way, the temple courts were a little bit not as much like today. They were kind of an open, open forum. So it was not only the purpose of kind of going to church, of hearing scripture. They read Torah. They prayed together. They also were evangelistic because it was an open forum. People were walking in and out. So they would also, also proclaim the gospel, okay? But they would go to the temple courts and they would pray. They would pray as we do, you know, just praying, praying. They would also pray scripture, and they would pray, notice it says the prayers. For many of as the ESV, but many of your Bibles, the, the prayers is actually more accurate. It says, and they devoted themselves to the prayers. Yeah. Kind of an odd way of putting that, right? What does that mean? Because they actually had apostolic prayers that they devoted themselves to. We get so caught up with liturgy of like this bad thing. You can't have liturgy. You can't have something thought out, right? They would sit down and the early apostles laid out prayers for the church. And they devoted themselves to praying those things, okay? So they devoted to prayer, all right? Make sense? Now we get to the family portion. Which, by the way, I was like, when I read this, so the Lord was downloading. Um, oh, I, I began, he, he opened me to this passage, and I, like got, I got kind of emotional, if I'm being honest, because I began to read it, and I was like, oh, let me get emotional again. Why? I don't get emotional. Uh, like, this is probably the first time in my spiritual walk that I read this and I was like, Lord, I feel like I'm living this in every way. <laughs> like, not just one way, you know, not just, oh, I'm fellowshipping with people really well or, oh, I'm seeing cool stuff happen or, oh, we're praying, but we got we to gotta try to pray better or we need to try to be more in community better. I actually read this. I'm just talking for me personally, my wife and I, and I'm like, God, you're good. Like, We've seen fire. <laughs> we've seen an outpouring. We've seen a proclamation. We've seen people added daily. We've seen them get baptized. <laughs> like literally this progression, like <clears throat> fire comes and proclamation and baptism. And then like for my wife and I anyway, like, man, I'm just in a lot of you. I just feel like we we're up here praying all the time. We're interceding all the time. The Lord's speaking and teaching and we're devoting ourselves to it. We're fellowshipping. We have people who it's just, when you're on mission together, it, it just flows. And I, I'm like, Lord, we're seeing signs and wonders. <laughs> uh, the word goes forth with signs and wonders. And we're seeing it. And I just, I read this passage and I just prayed for all of us. Like, I want to get to a place where we read this passage. And it's not a distant, like, oh, we got to get back to figuring out how to do this better in this way or that way. Like, when the Lord comes in fire and we devote, I feel like these things just pour out. And it's exciting. So this family piece, um, you'll notice a lot of these different, the, the next ones here, the fellowship, the breaking of bread, selling their possessions, their belongings, distributing the proceeds as any had need, attending the temple court together daily, which by the way, that's another thing, like it wasn't just a Sunday thing, they were doing this daily, okay, and I feel like um, this is the thing I want to zero in on. We... 
I'm, I'm going to summarize this section, those parts of this section, as this. Um, when they devoted themselves to Jesus, they radically valued people over possessions. I'm going to say it again. Devotion to Jesus led to radically valuing people over possessions. And this continued until about the second century, and then some pagan practices started to get back into the church, and it started to kind of die. And you know what I feel like we've done? I feel like Christianity today has locked the doors of their homes, we've hoarded our money, and we've become consumers in every way. And in the meantime, the power of God has left the church. I'm going to say that again. I feel like we've locked our doors. I really feel like the Lord wants to convict. I feel like we have locked our doors, hoarded our money. It's not your money. By the way, you will never hear the phrase 90% blessed, 10% cursed if you don't give. That's not biblical. It's not your money. You don't own 90 of it, and the 10% is God's. It's his money. How he tells you to distribute it is a whole other thing. But it is not your money. Sorry. Was this their money? I mean, literally, it says it's not their possessions. They gave as they had need. Now, some people go to, like, I'm going to teach you a little something about, like, how to read Bible, okay? Um, you have to apply principle and then application. If you apply application first and you negate principle, you can get in trouble. So what people do here is sometimes they'll go, well, this isn't, this is communism. This isn't real. Like, we can't do this, right? But, but the principle of it is this. When I, mean, when I say principle, I mean the heart of God is coming through Scripture, but is getting applied to the early church of the first century believers, okay? Our job is to find the principle of God's heart and to ask him how to apply it today. Application may be the same, okay? I'm not saying that, oh, the Bible doesn't apply. No, no, no. It's the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. Your, your, your Bible is screaming at you the principles of God's heart. Sometimes it takes a little bit of work to get into what that principle actually is because there's a little bit of a culture barrier, okay? And you have to be sensitive to it. So we have to find the principle of God's heart, which is where bringing culture into it can make a whole lot of sense. Like, I'll give you an example, for them to meet like this, it was not common culturally, okay? This actually, this is where the cool doctrine comes out. For them to meet like this, the only other way in which people met like this was in the context of family. The closest they got was like once a month type stuff with Greek different things, but you saw this kind of devotion amongst families. So what does that say to me? Does that say, well, okay, if I jump to application and go, well, if you guys haven't sold everything, then you're heretics. No. <laughs> it's not about selling everything. What it is about is the fact that they were, they were acting in such a way that resembled nothing. The, only, the closest example they had was family-type atmospheres. They were acting as the most devoted, spirit-filled family you could have ever seen. So that if I have a brother and he is going through something and he can't pay a bill and he's struggling and he's out on it, you know what I do? I come alongside him and I help him. <laughs> right? And this is another way in which, oh, Lord, I feel like we're doing this. How many times have you guys in here seen, like, man, when, when there's a need in here, 
we have this, this uh, our, our former house church account, we call it a be a blessing account. Because people sow into it, it is not for anything other than being a blessing. And when people sow into it, it's for the purpose of like, hey, uh, sis, sis is on hard times. We got to help her out. Okay, let's help her out. Or I know, I know this neighbor. <laughs> She's struggling. She's a single mom. Boom, you help, you come meet the need. Because the biblical principle here is that they didn't view anything as their own. <laughs> right? And so when spirit-filled communities are actually happening and the Lord is pouring out in fire, you know what the byproduct is? It is the Lord's people are devoted to one another in ways that you can't even comprehend with your own family. <laughs> Does that make sense? And what we've done is the opposite. We've limited church to a Sunday morning, which house church people, I'm going to challenge us. You know where, where, where this has struggled? It's because the moment we switch Sunday morning, the moment we switch Sunday morning, Many of us felt like, oh man, it's not the same. It shouldn't be about two hours a week. <laughs> if we're actually living in community the, the way that we should, what we're doing for two hours on a Sunday morning doesn't dictate the rest of the week, right? If I'm actually devoting myself to one another, to, to each other, then what happens is daily, right? I'm constantly in community with one another. And what we've done is the opposite. We've said, hey, when I come to the Lord, church is limited to the two hours on Sunday morning, and then I'm going to lock my door, and I'm going to hoard my money, and don't you tell me, don't you talk about money, <laughs> because that's my money, and you can't tell me what to do with my money, right? Don't tell me that I have to allow people into my home, because that's a scary thing, right? I watch TV at night. <laughs> like, seriously, though. Like, I would hope and pray, and I'm, and I'm saying this because I would hope and pray, for those of you that have walked with my wife and I, I would hope and pray God, like, guys, sometimes I feel like, um, I, like, I don't want to limp to the finish line. <laughs> you know what I mean? We're like, I don't want to get to the finish line of life in this race and go, man, Lord, I'm not really super tired. <laughs> I wish I would have ran a little harder. Like, man, I hope that the example of my wife and I is like, if I was to ask who's, who's, who's been in our house, whether for a gathering or something or whatever, I would hope that, like, a bunch of you in this place are raising your hands and going, or, or at, at something where we're, our door is open enough to not just the people in this room, but to foster kids, to whatever it is the Lord has, we're like, yeah, it's uncomfortable. It can be uncomfortable. It disrupts my life. <laughs> but it's not my life anymore. Right? Like, I pray that as long, and we got too many kids, <laughs> and... Many of you know, if you text me, I may not get back to you for a while. It's not because I don't like you. It's because life is crazy. <laughs> but eventually we do, right? But, but life is chaos, and it's the best kind of chaos because we've committed ourselves to opening our door, to having people over, to having nights where we have people come in and pray, to sitting across the table from one another, from having people share everything it is that's going on in their life. And I tell you right now, I can't do that with all of you super well. But you know who can? The body, <laughs> And if the body is actually living that, I'm praying that the example that my wife and I set is that. That our door is open. We haven't locked our door. If there's a need, we want to meet it. Amen? Because I just, I, I, I think we do the, I don't know how it happened. But my faith became so personalized and we locked the doors around it. When, when fire falls... We're just devoted to one another.
meals. We sit across the table. <laughs> meals denoted intimacy and trust. There's something holy about getting across the table and breaking bread. And when the fire fell in Acts 2, it led to meals. There's something holy about the table. I love communion. I love taking communion. The essence and the body of communion was not what we've made it today. It was sitting across the table and breaking bread and drinking the wine. And he said, as often as you do this, how often do you guys eat in here? We're Americans, right? <laughs> Quite a bit, right? Three times a day. He says, as often as you do this, yeah. do it in remembrance of me. Yeah. Do it in remembrance of me. There's something so holy when you get across the table from someone and you've invited them into your house and you sit down and you don't just talk about the playoffs, <laughs> but you actually are running with Jesus and his mission and the thing that just comes out is Jesus. <laughs> and when there's struggles, they come out and you minister because you're about his mission, right? And, and this is what I believe one of Luke's themes is overwhelmingly saying, that when you devote to Jesus, when we have the fullness of the Holy Spirit, this family-type environment is always a byproduct and I'm going to tell you what it's not going to be in here. We are not going to, we don't hire anybody, okay? We are not going to hire anybody. We're doing this for the Lord. It's not hiring a small group pastor, okay? So that I can funnel you through our system. I'm going to funnel you through this system. <laughs> Fire, proclamation, devote yourself. If you're devoting yourselves and you're around others who devote yourselves, this will come out, Okay? And I know that's hard sometimes because like, some people just practically want to know, man, I want to, but who do I? We're going to get to a practical here at the end of the day, okay? But we have to be people who, if I'm a believer, I am intentionally devoting myself and I'm finding and looking, Trevor and Emily, like, thank you for your example. I hate to just keep putting you guys, I don't want to do this, but these guys have not been following the Lord that long, okay? And frankly, they are an example to probably many of us who've been following the Lord for decades. You know what they do? They're up here, they're constantly, Trevor's weeping up here in prayer every other day, if not more. Emily's up here praying with women, starting Bible studies. Emily doesn't know how to start a Bible study when she first came here. She just started a Bible study. You want to know why? Because she was hungry for the word, and she knew that she needed fellowship with people, and then she just did it, right? You know what they do? They just, they've been opening up their door on Saturday night, and they said, hey, they noticed there's a few people who've been coming around, who they, they connect with, who are hungry, who are, want to live on mission, who are about the mission of Jesus, and they said, you know what? Come over. Let's have a meal. Let's hang out. Happened last night, didn't it? Right? And you know what that is? That's living on mission together. That's breaking bread together. That's being about Jesus. And the difference between that, that a small group can be that, okay? But if you are not actually living on, if you're not devoted to Jesus, if you're not living on mission together, right? You have to be living on mission together. Then it's not actually biblical community. It's a social club. And I'll be honest, some people crave a social club, which is good. We want that aspect to be there. We should be getting deep in community. But we're not here to just have social clubs. 
You can go to Lifetime Fitness and have a social club. You can go to different places and get social clubs. We are about the Father's business here, and we will be on mission together. And when we do that together, the power is in being on mission. Does that make sense? Small groups were created as a, as a back door to the church. We were just listening to something the other day. In the 80s and 90s, they formulated small groups because they figured out with our church setting, if people come in the church, oh man, they're leaving and there's this funnel and we don't know how to do that. You know how we can stop that flow? Small groups. I'm going to plug you into a small group and all the, that'll be the stopgap. That's not what community is. It's just not. <laughs> because that is being about our brand. And when we are devoted to our brand and we don't want to see our brand lose people, and we'll get really offended when people leave, right? Because it's actually devotion to our brand. Small groups are not a means of keeping you in this specific house. A quote-unquote small group can be a mission-filled community so long as you are living on mission together and devoting yourselves to one another and breaking bread and praying and devoting yourselves to the apostles' teaching. These things in here. How do we sustain a fire? You devote yourself first and foremost to the person of Jesus and then to the things we see in this list because they're going to keep coming up. Amen? Did you know that if, if you actually don't act, if your small group is not a group of action, it's actually condemning you. If we sit around and talk about the Bible and grow in knowledge of the Bible and do nothing with it, what does scripture say about growing in knowledge and not doing anything with it? It condemns. That's right. This is not me bashing a Bible study, but let's be honest. They didn't have Bibles in this context. You know where they read? Torah. Where'd they get Torah? The temple. When they got together here, they devoted themselves to the principles of Torah that they heard from the temple. And they sat and they talked and prayed about the mission of Jesus. Now, we should be doing Bible studies, okay? But my caution is, if we're reading the Bible and not doing anything with it, that's a dangerous place to be in. Okay? So my goal is not to get you in a Bible study where you can go through 10 different devotionals and then 20 years later, your life is really no different. Your door's still locked, your money's still hoarded, and you're not actually living in power. That's not what I'm wanting. What I'm wanting is you get in a community of people who love the Bible so much that they want to consume it and use it. <laughs> right? Okay. All right. Can I bring up, what time is it? See, you took my clock away. Okay. Um, can I bring up, uh, there's a couple people I was chatting with, and, and honestly, anybody who's been in house church that wants to, um, I'm not going to make this super long, but um, first of all, I, I just, I feel like I don't want to be all over the place with this. Do you, does, is this, is this making sense? Because <laughs> my commission, what I want to do today, I'm going to have a call to action here in a sec. Um, I want us to have continued prayer for Holy Spirit, like flood this place. I hope he just comes in and it's like you can't help but be smacked by the Holy Spirit every time you're in here because his presence is in here. I want the beginning of Acts 2. I want the middle of Acts 2. I want the word to be proclaimed and going forth, not just in here, out there, proclaimed and people coming to the faith and getting dunked in this tank daily because there's so many people who are getting saved day by day. They're added to their numbers daily, right? Not the numbers of this church. Let me be clear. <laughs> I'm not trying to grow the numbers of this building in here, Okay. But whoever the Lord brings in here, I pray that they see this. They see the beginning of Acts 2, the middle of Acts 2, and they see the end of Acts 2, which is devotion, okay? That is my heart. That's my goal. So I want to bring up maybe a couple people. Reese, Leah, Duncans, are you here? Anybody who's been in house church, if you guys want to come up. Um, 
Trevor, Emily, you guys are doing it. Come on. Cindy Borden. I don't think I didn't forget about you. <laughs> Cindy? Are we going to fight in front of everybody right now? Is that what this is? Um, can we just, uh, and CJ and Leanna, I actually, uh, I've been commissioning them to like, they've been feeling like December is like a time of rest, and I'm like, hey, uh, yeah. don't, don't come. <laughs> I actually told them not to come today. Right. Like, you guys need to rest. Just enjoy time with your family. But they're living this. Like, and house fires, people, I guarantee you, this is a crucial thing for you to grab. CJ and Leanna will get burned out if they are the only people doing this. Period. They will get burned out if they are the only ones devoting themselves to fellowship and feeding people and snatching people up. Then they are the ones who will get burned out. You have to get this, okay? Um, I guess just like we've lived in missional communities to a degree, right? I think we lack some things, but we also saw some things that were really deep. And anything, I guess I'm going to open it. Anything to add? Cindy, Haley, you guys can sit and think about it for a second. <laughs> but just how, if, if someone's saying like, man, yeah, I want to do that. What marks a biblical community? What, how, do you, how do you like commit to doing that? What does it look like? I think, so we say community, and community means uh, different things depending on where you're at. We came from a big box church, and I love all churches. I love mega churches, small churches, house churches. I think the world needs more of them. Um, but the church that we came from, we thought we had community there. We were plugged in to, uh, uh, we've done uh, marriage uh, groups. We've done uh, men and women small groups. We've done the groups. And one of the things that, that you notice in there is I was in these groups. I didn't know, never met their kids. I didn't know what they were going through. We were, you know, we'd be crushing, um, a book in the Bible, or, you know, we would talk about topical things, and we really didn't know any, we thought this is what church was, we thought we were winning the church game. When uh, COVID shut down our church, and did not shut down house church, um, we went there, and we saw like a different view of what community is, more like a first century community. People were asking about like, like what some would consider mundane things, but they're the most important things for us, our family, what we're going through, what we're struggling with, not just the topical. Um, and probably a week after we went that first Sunday, um, somebody had experienced some, a traumatic thing in their family, right? And it was uh, all hands on deck. The text went out, hey, this is going on with my mom. Can we, can we get some prayer? People just showed up. They're like, let's do it tonight, 7 o'clock. It was that day. People had dropped in the middle of the week, whatever they had going on, and showed up to pray for somebody in their body's, like, problem and put hands on them and pray for them. And I think that that's the community that, like, drove Haley and I into, like, staying in the importance of having community, that community, to get in each other's lives, to be able to pray for each other. Um, I, there's a lot of you here I don't know, uh, and I want to change that. I want to be able to know how I can pray for you, how we can best minister, what you're going through. And I think, I think that for us, as the Duncans, um, that's the kind of community that enriches and points to Christ the most. That's that's what he called us into. He didn't call us into, like, just know a little bit about him, you know, and continue on with your life. It's not your life. It's my life. When we say we die to self, what does that mean, right? It means that we're 
We're, I mean, there's scripture for it. We're caring more for others. We're loving others like, you know, it's, it's such a biblical thing. And it's such a, I think, a better way to live life um, when you're really putting other people first and really trying to do that. So for us, that's what community means. Yeah, and I don't know what's been said already because I've been in the back. But um, I would just say, yeah, like for for families, just opening up your homes, opening up your doors, um, not not needing everything to be perfect or um, looking a certain way or having a picked up house, clean house, um, perfect meal cooked. It's just opening up your doors and letting people come sit at your table. And um, yeah, I think that for us, that's that's it. And so, yeah. We actually, we had a, also over here. We actually had a quick testimony. There was a guy who actually came into our house church one time, was not a believer, was an atheist. And I talked to him afterwards, and I said, hey, like, what's your background? You know, he's like, oh, well, you know, I kind of grew up in church, but I don't believe in the Lord anymore. And, and it was like, oh, man, I feel the anointing of the Lord. He said, uh, he looked at me, and he goes, I don't believe in God, but I can't explain the way you guys love each other. And to me, that's it. <laughs> like, the proclamation to the world should be, man, I may not believe in God, but phew, there's something different about the way they love each other, yeah. right? Does that make sense? So. I just feel like one of the things that makes, like, community work is that, like, spontaneous, like, hangout, you know? Like, we have to take our hands off our schedules and maybe say no to some things so that you are free, so that you can, you know, be up for those spontaneous things. So much beauty has come when I've just texted someone like Haley and say, yep, for a walk, or I'm walking around the neighborhood, can I just drop by, or, you know, just saying, can we pray, or just the spontaneous hangout, I think, is that's what community lives in, you know, like not being so attached to our schedules, but being attached to God's people, right? Um, yeah, I don't know, just, uh, you know, some in our community would probably be better communicating than I can, but, um, We've we've just experienced. Um, I mean, Acts two forty two is what did it for us. It it you know I've shared this with you guys. Um, when we opened that up and God began to teach us about kingdom living, kingdom finances, which was a uh, that rocked us right because it's not ours, and um, and we started breaking bread together. It was huge. We became family. We were. We were a small group. We were studying the dead guys. It was awesome. And that was heart preparation. Kind of like you said, the house church was preparation for this. And it was, um, you know, pursuit of God, humility, um, and, and uh, you know, on the cross and dying to self. So that was preparation. And then he opens up this kingdom living and breaking bread together, we began to share a meal, and it changed everything for us. And out of that, like, we, we said, okay, now, and what I love what you do, Nick, is, like, we need that every time. Like, I will obey. I will 
follow through with what I'm reading in this holy word. And we took that seriously and said, okay, you're showing this, then now, now who? <laughs> Where? What? We're not, we're not playing like, uh, uh, wow, you're telling us to live like this. How do we do this? And he just, you know, when you're, when you're poured out to him and say, willing, he'll, he'll lay it out for you. We didn't make up the king's garden. It made us. God laid it out. And we looked back a couple years later and went, oh, shoot, he's doing something here. And, um, and now, you know, 11 years later, we're going, oh, wow, he's, he is doing something. And in spite of us, in whatever of us. But I think, you know, like people like Denise and Sugar could testify more than me. I mean, like coming into the kingdom, it's like we're, we're devoted to them forever. Like until God picks us up and puts us in another place or picks them up and puts them in another place, we are devoted. And then we're still devoted, maybe at distance. God forbid. <laughs> you know, but, but he may, you know, hands off, right? But we're walking beside them, and they're, t- good grief, they're challenging us. They're keeping the fire going. It's like, I can't, I can't keep up with Denise. Like, she's going. And if, I think, you know, these, yeah, these, they can testify to it. But it's that devotion to Jesus, number one. You s- totally, thank you, God, for that download. Devotion to the people. And, and mission. I mean, how many times over the last four years did I say, oh, guys, if we're, we, we're just replicating a big church in a small house church if we're not on mission together. If we are not loving others, pouring out, giving our lives away, bringing people into the kingdom by touching them with the fire in us, then we're, we're just pew sitting on Nick's couch. Yeah. So we need to be on mission together. And I also want to free you guys up, uh, especially as the Lord continues to add to the number daily. What this doesn't mean is I need to be best friends with everybody in here, okay? Like, that's not possible. I'm just going to free you up from that, okay? doesn't mean that we're not like, this is the beauty of, and this is what I feel like we, you guys can probably attest, we lacked a little bit with house church, was like, when there's a, a, a unified, larger mission, like, you come in and it's like, yeah, I may not know every, every person in here super, super deep, but I know that when we come in here together, we're on mission together. And like, there's nothing better than praising the Lord with people who are of unified heart and mind. Now, take the model of Jesus, the three and the 12, right? Like when you have a group, and I would even argue probably no bigger than about 12, that you can actually have that with. <clears throat> you look for your spheres of influence. You have the King's Garden. They see that when people are brought in from the King's Garden, guess whose responsibility it is to snatch them up? People from the king's garden, not mine, <laughs> right? Like, that is, that is who's on mission in the king's garden. When people come in from house fires, like, whose responsibility is it to snatch up people at house fires? It's those leaders, people at house fires, right? People walk in this room. Be on alert. Look for the people, right? Because I, I, I stay up at night sometimes worrying about the people that we've missed who've fall, fallen through the cracks, whatever. That's because it's the body's responsibility. Be intentional about reaching out to people who you may not know, right? May not know super well. May not be exactly the person you are. But unity comes in mission. And be okay with that. Sometimes those people, um, they may fall away, not because you guys weren't 
good to them, but because you're going on mission and they might, may not want to go on mission, right? They may be looking more for a social club than being on mission. And true, this is the truest thing in the scriptures, co- true community, that desire we have for community and fellowship with people is experienced to the highest degree when you are living on mission, the mission of Jesus, together. Amen? What else? Anybody else? Zach? Um, so the Bible says, Jesus says, there's no greater love than to lay down your life for your friends. And, um, like when I first got born again, I was like a newborn baby and I got blessed to be involved in a house church for a long time. And it was like, I got fed milk and they became family and we grew up. We grew up together, like, uh, in the Lord, and it, like, it, it opened uh, a safe place to walk in the light with one another where we could just talk about the things that we were going through and, and share meals with each other, and um, it helped us to, it helped me to expose any darkness that was trying to hide in me, and it just got brought to the light, and um and then I grew from a from a newborn baby into like m- maturing and and growing into the image of Jesus, and anything that wasn't looking like Jesus, as I would sit at a table with my family, and devote ourselves to one another, like those things couldn't just hide anymore because I was sincere. I had a sincere heart to look like Jesus, and I wasn't perfectly looking like Jesus. So anything that wasn't looking like Jesus had to get exposed, and we were, I, was, I was able to talk about difficult things that I was dealing with. Uh, and then I got married, and there was difficult things in our marriage that we were able to bring to the light, and those things got exposed and helped our marriage become better. And now I just, I'm going to continue to do that, and like things, things, get, things get brought to the light, and... Um, it's amazing, but it'd be easier to to hide those things if we're just sitting in a crowd with a bunch of people other than, but instead we sit at a table with one another with sincere heart. It's very important that we, ha- it talks about in Acts, gather, they gathered like with sincere hearts to the Lord to devote themselves to God and share meals with each other and whatnot and gathered in each other's houses it also says they gathered in the temple, and they also gathered in each other's homes. But it's so cool, too, because when you do gather together and you get on the same page um, on, the, on the truth, and you're on the same page with your brothers and sisters in Christ and your family, and then you go out and evangelize together on the same page, and, and, like, and you go and pray for people at Walmart or whatever, like, it's like, and you're on the same page with that person, it's like you, you start ministering to this random lost person, and then you stop, and then the, the person you're with, who you're on the same page with, also knows what to say to that person too. And, and, and then it also cultivates a place where you can bring a lost person into, into the faith, into the, uh, into the family, you know? Like it's like you can, you, can, you can show them the love that you have, like you were talking about. Lisa, you have anything?
Yeah, like a farmer doesn't just stand in front of the barn drinking coffee and, you know, call out to the crops and, and say, yeah, just harvest yourself and come on, the barn's ready. No, he goes out there and he harvests. And so that's how our little house fellowship started was we went to the mall to preach the gospel and just we were preaching the gospel in a store. No, no, honey. <laughs> and we, Zach was there and we just started talking and then he brought all of his young friends over and it was good. And then people just started getting baptized, filled with the Holy Spirit, born again, and demons casted out, like everything. And then they're, you know, ministering, and then uh, other people need born again. And we just gather together as often as the Holy Spirit wants us to, not just like two hours every week or a planned time. We just, for so many years, huh, Zach? Like, and we're just, we're just two of them. We don't know, you know, the other parts of our fellowship don't come here regularly, but it's like we don't have a schedule. We just do life together. If any of us have needs, we just lay ourselves down for that. We grow in love. Like we walk in the light with one another. Like I don't know. It's just it's amazing. And there's life there. Yeah. Because those are the attributes of Jesus, right? And and um, Cody, maybe we'll wrap. We'll we'll do you and and then I'm I'm gonna commission. So um, and these guys can attest. There's a few people in, a few of these young guys in here that. Uh, you know, here, I want to encourage you on how to do this a little bit. I recognized, um, you know, Nick, Nick R. I mean, some of these guys, like, I'm, I'm sitting across the table from them, and I'm realizing they're hungry. <laughs> they're ready to be fed. I feel called to invest in them, but I can't have 20 coffee dates a week. I got a full-time job, and I got a family. And by the way, my wife and my family will come first, period, okay? And so... So, but, but that doesn't negate my responsibility to the body, right? So you want to know what I did? And I, and I would encourage, because this is a principle I learned, honestly, a guy that I did ministry with for 12 years, him and his wife, I learned this from them. They were, um, Mike McLaughlin, if you guys know Mike, Mike's amazing. He, his family, him and his wife modeled this for me, and, I, and I, my wife have, and I have carried it on. But um, I said, hey guys, you know what I do? I come up here at 8.45 on Sunday, I'm up here at 5.30 a.m. on Tuesday praying, uh, I do X, Y, or Z. Come into what I do. If you want to be discipled, come into things I'm already doing. My wife and I have dinner at this time. It is chaotic. <laughs> it is crazy until 7 o'clock when the kids go to bed. Right? <laughs> Recently, Leah. <laughs> but you know what? It's good for them to see that. Come in. So we say like 6 o'clock. You get about an hour of the crazy and then we'll have some time. Come into our lives, things that we're already doing. We're going to have dinner. <laughs> right? I'm going to come up here to pray. Step into our lives. Come alongside us. Walk with us to the things that are already doing, not just sitting across the table for coffee. Does that make sense? Open up your door, okay? Cody, what do you got? Uh, th thank you for, for being that example, uh, for, for you and Kayla uh, being that example as well. What I do want to speak to is it doesn't have to look exactly like the Fela's. It doesn't have to look exactly like the Duncans. Because if, if, we have this, if we have this false reality or expectation and we can't live up to that, we're just going to stay in our, our place and say, okay, never mind. I can't, I can't do that. I can't be the failures. I can't be the Duncans. And I believe that's, that's where the relationship with Jesus will show you what that application will look like. And I think, I think that's the biggest part is it, exactly, exactly what you were saying was it's, it's, the, it's the relationship with Jesus that will, will show us and, uh, how to walk into those things. And I think that's a, that's a big one. 
And it's crazy because I, I love December because December is that part of like looking back on the year and seeing what, what the Lord's done. And it's, it's such a good time. And it's, I'm very, very close to what Nick was saying is like, man, two years ago when I finally gave up my agenda and my schedule, the Lord was able to, to take it and, and use it for what he wanted. And I look back and I'm like, this, even this year, I'm like, this is, this is such an amazing thing when it's not my schedule anymore. Because I, I look at that and it's, man, I, I got to take two men. I got to disciple two men this year. And it wasn't this part of like, oh man, I, 365 days with these guys, that's too much. I, I don't have that time. It was, I can't wait to just talk with them for, for a moment in a room and, and be able to go after Jesus day after day after day. Now we're a year later. <laughs> And it's, it's, it's an amazing thing to where the, the Lord took it and multiplied it. And now it was, it was three men meeting in a room. And now we've been meeting with 15 other men wanting to go after this in 2024. It's as part of, Lord, this isn't my plan. If it's my plan, I want to just go hang out and do what I want to do. I don't have time for all of this. I don't have time for 15 other men. I don't have time for these, these pieces. But it's like... No, it's not, it's not my life. And so that, that application will look different because I look at it, I'm like, man, this is, Lord, only you can write this story. I can't do this on my own. If I do it on my own, we've already seen what that looks like. And so that's, I think that's the, the biggest piece to this is, is we all have, yeah, we all have influence of where we're at. And I, I believe we, we use that um, to, yeah, to continue to spread. Up here with some call to action and he's a great example of this honestly he has a gym but it's not his it's the lord's and you know what he does is he uses that gym for opportunities to disciple uh i know a few of them left but i bet if we said how many of you go to the gym like ralph ralph is at the gym discipleship happened through the gym <laughs> not because we set up a program but because cody was intentional about his gym being a place that people meet jesus and he went and discipled him right so Find those spheres of influences that you're around, okay? So here's the call to action. I feel like, do you guys want to see a massive outpouring of Holy Spirit fire in this place and in our area and in our lives and in our families? Yes? I hope so. Do you guys want to proclaim the gospel, see people come to the faith, get baptized, and devote themselves to Jesus? I think he's going to do it. He is doing it. My ask is this. Would you in this room, and I do not want this to be a like, oh, it's an altar call. Like, like sure, I'll raise my hand because everybody else is. Like, I'm actually asking something of everybody in this room. And I'm going to, and we recorded this. I, wanna, I want this to be played over and over and over and over again for everybody that comes in this room. I want you guys to actually, would you in this room commit with me to devote yourselves to sustaining those revival fires through the things that we just read. May this not just be a flash in the pan, okay? That's going to cost you something. I'm telling you. <laughs> but it's so worth it. It's so worth it. So I'm even going to ask, like, and this, this is taking eternal lens. Every person that comes through here, every person you come across and preach the gospel to, would you be willing to not commit today to not look to Nick and Kayla or John and Haley or Cody and Kelsey to solve those problems for you, to reach those people? Would you commit today to say, hey, I am willing to devote myself to the people in this room 
and to those that he brings. And I will have my spiritual lenses open to those people who come in this room and are needing, are hungry and needing to be discipled. I'm going to go broad right now. So you can, you, this is general. Would you commit to that with me? Don't say yes if you're not actually willing. Don't say yes and then a month later go, oh, that church didn't just meet my needs. I'm not talking about meeting your needs. I'm talking about meeting their needs. <laughs> I'm talking about meeting the needs of the body, okay? Not from me. Okay, then let's do this. Um, it's not hard. You guys have a door? Open it. Do you guys have a table that you eat at? Invite people to sit at it. Seriously. <laughs> it's that simple. It's not hard. It's hard because that's costly, right? We all have our time is of value. But it's not our time anymore. And I'm even going to ask, is there people in here today who are saying, you know what? I'm willing to open my door to even 12 people in the room. <laughs> Consistently. Just like Trevor and Emily did. <laughs> right? I'm, I'm willing to devote myself to people in this room. If you're like, man, <laughs> I'm going to help you put some of the pieces together in here. Okay, today. But if that's you, you may not be like, ah, I just I don't know who those people are. Not real great about that part of it. But you know what? I've got a home, love hosting, would love to open my door. If that's you in here, and can we, I know we're running long, quote unquote, but like this is eternity. I actually feel like if we can establish this and settle it in this room, everything he does from here on out will be built off of this foundation to sustain the fire, okay? If that's you in here, and you're like, I want to open my door. I want to open my house. I'm ready. <laughs> I want to devote myself to that. Would you stand? Would you just stand? Mm, come on. Okay, now we have the opposite problem. We have too many homes. So <laughs> that's a good thing. That's a good problem to have. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And, and by the way, this is not judgment on people are sit, on sitting. This is not like a, if everybody doesn't stand, this is actually specific to like some people have this gifting of like, man, I, I can't teach the Bible. I feel uncomfortable. But you know what? I can make, my mother is a great, great example of this. Oh, shoot. <laughs> Man, uh, she's just a servant. Like, she opens her, she's probably leaving right now because she's going to host all of us. Like, she just, she opens her door. You will have the best food you ever had when you walk into her house. She's, you have to beat her to picking up the dishes and things like that. She's just a servant. She loves hosting. She loves hosting. Like, so that's not an indictment on people who are sitting. I'm, I'm calling up people who are like, hey, I'm, I'm ready to host. I'm ready to just open my door to a group of people. So, wow, okay, great. That's amazing. Now here's what I want to do. Um, I want, oh Lord, what do you want from this? Um, those of you that are sitting, if you are willing to devote yourself to the body, and this is not a casual invitation, there will be no judgment if you're like, I'm not going to jump into this right now, because I actually want devotional, missional living, okay? People who are ready, like, you know what? I'm ready to do it, okay? Um, if you're ready to do that, and you see some people standing who you're like, you know what? Uh, 
I may not know them super well, but I know them a little bit better than <laughs> maybe some of the others. Um, I'm kind of drawn to this, this group of people. Trevor and Emily, I love the fact they, they recognize there was people who were kind of naturally forming, and now they're inviting people in. Um, man, let's just like, would, would we even just commit right now in this moment to kind of being like, hey, let's, let's find, even if there's a couple people who are willing to host and you're not hosting every time you meet, but like, hey, there's a couple of host families and together you guys are on mission together. Like, I don't know what the Lord wants right now, I'm being honest, but like, I just feel like there's this holy, let's settle it today. Can, can we actually attach ourselves to people in this room? Can we attach ourselves? Can you actually reach out to the people maybe you don't feel drawn to, <laughs> right? And attach yourself to people that are like, you maybe not know super well, but you invite them in, right? Um, I don't know. <laughs> what do we do now? <laughs> this is where my altar call ended. <laughs> yeah, who, yeah, who wants to start house churches? And who wants to be in those house churches? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Love it.